I'm M. Sauter, better known as Pints and Panels. And I'm Don Tess, better known as the Don of Beer. Welcome to the seventh episode of the All About Beer podcast. Every two weeks, we talk with leading experts and take a deep dive into one topic in beer. This week, we're going to talk about what it takes to be a beer judge. Don, you just came back from judging the Canada Beer Cup, is that correct? That's correct. It's the inaugural Canada Beer Cup. So it's a na- uh, nationwide commercial competition. And how was that? Uh, it was excellent. I think it was around 1,500 beers uh, oh, from wow. across Canada. We have uh, about 1,200 breweries. So um, obviously, breweries can enter more than one beer. But you know, it's a pretty good representation of, of all the breweries across Canada. So it was great. And UM, I think, just finished judging GABF. I did. I just finished the Great American Beer Festival judging in Denver. Uh, this was my fourth time judging. Um, I forgot, since I haven't judged since 2019, how rigorous beer <laughs> yes. judging is. Like, it's not like everyone's like, oh, fun, you're going to get drunk. And it's like, no, 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 you're uh, going to get you're going to get bloated. It is fun. But uh, but yeah, it, it it is a lot of hard work. Um just, uh, I, I don't want to get into a, a competition with you, but okay, I, we, sure. I judged 130 beers in three days. How many beers did you judge? I judged about about the same. Yeah, about 130 yeah. to 140. One day it was 52. I think the next was the most beers I've ever drank at a beer competition was at the Australia International Beer Awards. I drank 70 beers. In one day? In one day. Oh, my God. And then oh, so at the inner, yeah. So at uh, AIBA, I drank 70 beers in one day. And that was, I, I did chase my friend around a grocery store afterwards. So um, <laughs> it was a little, it was a little rough. Um, but, you know, beer judging, we're going to talk to two really great beer judges in Sandy Cockerham and uh, Mitch Steele about their experiences. And it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And you get to meet really nice people, you get to go places, and it's worth, it's worth looking into if you are interested about what it takes to be a rear judge. And Sandy's really good about, she'll know. She'll know because BJCP is a great entry point for that. Yeah. So visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer and visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. We'll introduce our first guest and get into a conversation. But first, we're going to take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. And if you would like to help support the show, please reach out to podcast at allaboutbeer.com. Hi, this is John Hall, the editor of All About Beer, inviting you to check out the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast. It's available on all of the major platforms. And the weekly show features long-form conversations with brewers, growers, and personalities from the beer industry. New episodes release every Wednesday. Just search Drink Beer, Think Beer. Sandy started homebrewing in the late 1980s after hearing her father talk about brewing beer with his brother many years before. Later, she decided to explore the beer judging world and sat for the BJCP exam in 2007. She has judged well over 200 competitions in the last 15 years and enjoys traveling and judging all over the world. She serves as the BJCP Midwest representative and is the current BJCP vice president. She is currently serving as the co-chair of the American Homebrewers Association Governing Committee's Competition Subcommittee. Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great so to you, be. yeah. So you recently judged GABF because I saw you there. Um, how was your experience this year? And how many years have you judged GABF? Uh, I believe this was my tenth year judging GABF, and uh, I did uh, two phases, both. Uh, phase two in Louisville, Colorado, and phase three downtown. And uh, I enjoyed myself at both of them. They're kind of different experiences. And it was really fabulous to see a lot of judge friends after um, being absent from many of them for a long time. What When you say different, and uh, for people who don't know, GABF is the Great American Beer Festival. I should have led with the large... Um, when you, because so phase two for people who don't know is in the warehouse in Louisville, Colorado, and then phase three is during the festival week at um, the the convention center. Well, I judged, I only judge phase three. So, and, and let's just step back and even explain what those phases are, because yes, I, I've never judged EABF, and I don't know what these phases are. <laughs> so, Sandy, could you explain to Don what the phase system is uh, for the Great American Beer Festival? Because it's new. I that didn't exist until after till COVID times. Right. And it is totally a COVID thing. Um, I judged GABF during the pandemic 
And at that time we did it all in the warehouse over a number of phases. And this was the way that the BA tried to get all the work done over a period of time, utilizing less people in the space and with excellent ventilation. Um, the, ver the very first year we even judged wearing face shields. So they did everything they could to lessen the risk of COVID spread, but yet still get beers judged. So during uh, that first year, um, we were all phases there. And then also the second, uh, although at that time the face shields went away and we had to wear a face mask when we were up and about. Uh, this year with the festival returning in a slightly smaller format due to the convention center uh, having construction, um, they went ahead and had the phase three downtown, which was closer to old times. And the other phases still occurred up there. And Louisville is a nice area and, and you're close to Boulder and stuff. So if you're willing to get uh, several judges in an Uber or a Lyft, you can go out and visit a few places, but it's not quite as compact getting to places as being downtown. So there's a little bit of a different vibe, but they both have their good points. Are the phases like um, elimination rounds? Um, they do all the rounds throughout. So in that first phase, uh, there were even some metal rounds then. Oh. So the, the way GABF happens is that there will be rounds within rounds, as you will. So you will have a first round where we fill out the uh, BA's version of a score sheet, no scores on it, but has feedback and it sort of ranks those beers within that flight. And so in a, in a round one, our job as judges is to send the top three. We don't care one, two, three. We send the best three to the next round. And it, it sort of becomes much like when you think about a sports event where the top three move on, uh, eventually you get to the final round and then you will pick gold, silver, and bronze. And so when you say the top three, is that top three of 10 in a flight or how many in a flight? Um, it would depend. If we were doing something like IPA, they might limit us to seven or eight maybe no more than nine in a flight because they want to lessen palate fatigue. If you were judging American light lagers or German pilsners, you might have 12 in that oh. elimination round. And so you'll probably spend four to five minutes a score sheet filling out and then you decide who are your top third in that crew. And you and your partners will decide and you will come to consensus and say, what are the strongest three in this round? And we're going to send those forward. And then in phase two, a similar thing will happen until you get to the final round where a slightly larger panel of judges will discuss those beers on their merits and decide who is one, two, three. Okay. Thank you. It's, it's grueling, Don. Like it's the round one, when you fill out the score sheets, uh, is it's a lot. And, you know, you yeah. want to make sure that you write good feedback too. Um, like Sandy, what, what do you have any like tips or tricks for good feedback? Cause you, you're, you come from a BJCP background. So you're, you're very, you know, knowledgeable about filling out sheets. <laughs> uh, we write a lot of stuff and it, it has been sort of a, a change for me over the years to try and light, write less, yet um, try and ensure that you put something that makes sense on there. But one thing a few years ago when we changed to a different score sheet for um, National Homebrew Competition when it was being done at the warehouse, uh, the BA ended up adopting much of that. So their sheets now are a little there's a little more to them than there used to be in the past. And one nice thing about them is that you can put a slider on for the intensity of the malt or the hops or the fermentation characteristics. So there are a lot of things you don't have to ride, but a, a quick tick mark will let the entrant know 
kind of what level you were getting there. And then you could tell them about the descriptors that you're going to be. So if let's say you have a type of a beer that should have a rich malt character, but if you're writing on there that, you know, your malt, your malt character lacks complexity and kind of gives some basic that, you know, you're getting some grain and maybe a little bit of bread, but maybe you should have had a lot more depth and some melanoidins and stuff. Um, that kind of thing can let the person know uh, who brewed that beer that maybe they need to shake up their grist bill a little bit. Yeah, because in BJCP, so you come from a BJCP, a beer judge certification homebrew background. Um, yes. how, yeah. How did you get into judging that? Because you're, if I recall, one of the highest ranked BJCP judges in the world. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I'm tied for third place in, in the top. Uh, I've been uh, judging for 15 years now. Uh, so I did kind of raise kind of fast, I guess, but um, yeah. I judge a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very fortunate that, well, I don't know if I'm fortunate that I live in Indiana, but I do. And, and you know, our state motto is the crossroads of America, and it's actually true. So I'm within quick uh, driving distance of a lot of places where there are a lot of homebrew competitions. And then also uh, most years I go up to Chicago to judge uh, the Festival of Wooden Barrel-Aged Beers, a.k.a. FOBAB. Great festival. However, this year I'll be on a, a cruise for my spouse's birthday. So Oh, nice. Sadly, I have to miss FOBAB, but I won't miss cold and snow. Yeah. <laughs> um, just uh, I'm just feeling ashamed because I was recently uh, elevated to national uh, judge under BJCP, and it took me 20 years to do that. Oh. I, I was fortunate in that I have a really good memory. I have a good palate and I'm a really good test taker. So I tested at the national level the first time I took the exam. And then it just took me a couple of years because I wasn't judging a lot yet to get those points. But then eventually, and this is what I tell all people who want to become a BJCP judge, is find a person who, who is your beer best friend and you guys just push each other to learn more, to do more. And then if you want to rank up, to study more and do that. And it's really having someone that you can sit down with, taste beers, talk about them, learn what gaps you have in your own uh, abilities and you know, try to fine tune how you perceive things. And uh, I have an a, example about acetaldehyde. I have a friend who always thought he was blind to it because he'd not sat down and done this tasting in this way, but he did one of those spike kits. And at that time he learned, he didn't get it like green apple, like the classic descriptor is. For him, it was like a fresh cut pumpkin. Mm. Some oh. people they get it more like latex paint. I've had beers that were so loaded with it that I got all those things in the same beer. It was not pleasant. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it comes across for me as latex paint. So that's the cool thing about being a judge is that everyone's palate is different. And so to be a good judge, you have to know what your, oh, when I get this flavor, it's this. And then you also have to be respectful of what other people get because a lot of people sometimes are blind to it, like diacetyl, or they get it a different way. So you have to be have a very open mind as a judge. Um, which is sometimes very difficult. <laughs> it, it can be. And I, I, um, I'm very sensitive to sulfur. Mm. I learned this uh, actually the very first competition I ever went to. I was not actually judging at the moment, but I had gone to uh, the Kansas City Beer Meisters 24th annual competition out in Kansas City. Friends and I drove the eight hours to go judge. And I met the late Alberta Rager. She and her husband, Jackie, um, forerunners in the homebrew community, homebrew shop owners, uh, BJCP judges, wonderful people. And they had at this uh, social hour there, 
Blind Tiger out of Topeka's Maybach, which had just won gold at GABF. And they were all proud to have this. And I went and got a big glass in my sample glass and took a drink and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and discreetly went and dumped it down the sink. And later I was telling her I, I couldn't drink it. It was just it was so much sulfur. And she goes, oh, you're you're really sensitive to sulfur. And so is John Palmer. And that was a it was a light bulb going off in my head. And I learned as a judge that if my co-judge didn't get a whole lot, that we weren't going to slam that beer on that just because I was perceiving a lot. And I recently at GABF did run into a super taster, as they said they were, who would not budge at all. And I think that hopefully that person learns over time that if the other panel members aren't getting it at all, that maybe they shouldn't hammer a beer so hard on something that some people are not getting anything when they do get it in other beers on the table. Yeah, judging is such a, it's like a, like a UN meeting almost when you do a medal round, because there's a lot of different opinions, a lot of, you know, you're reading off guidelines, um, but at the same time, some people are very convinced, let's say, uh, about their beer thoughts. So being a good judge is all about having an open mind. Um, I've definitely you know, I don't agree with that, but I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to fight about it because there's no, it's just, it's, it's, it's a fermented beverage. We don't need to fight about it. Well, I think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that they're not advocates, they're judges. And if you think of the legal context, like you're not, you're not arguing for the, for your client, you're supposed to listen to all of the, um, all of the arguments and then judge. Mm. Anyways. That's my two cents. No, that's, I mean, a really, that's a good point. It, it does get in some respects, especially if, if a judge goes through several rounds that there may be some that they think are the beer from the last round that they really like. And it can be an unconscious thing to champion something yeah. in a lot of homebrew competitions uh, and now at FOBAB and stuff, they are purposely switching people off from like if there's going to be a, a mini best of show round or a mini boss they will flip to new palettes so that you don't have the risk of anyone a getting tired of flavors in there and b no one can champion the beer that they push forward because they're not on that table and i really like that and when when that can be done it, it's a good practice in my opinion yeah, I think a lot of people don't appreciate how much thought goes into organizing beer judging, and, and there's a good example of it. There, there are competitions, uh, not usually on the commercial side, but on homebrew side, where the judge coordinators are not experienced. And let's say they'll slap a couple nationals together and then put a couple recognized together. And that, while the national judges may have a heck of a good time judging to get together, you don't allow those recognized judges who, who may be fabulous judges who hate to taste, take tests, but they may be people who need to learn more. And as you get to be a national or above judge, your job is to also help the people below you become better judges, as well as to help the entrants on their beers. Hmm. So on that... If I, let's say we have our listeners and they're like, wow, judging sounds, I want to be able to judge the Great American Beer Festival. Um, I want to be able to judge homebrew competitions. Do you have any advice for new judges starting out or how do, how do you think people, it's the best way for people to get involved in beer judging? Well, in the homebrew side versus the commercial side are a little different. Sure. But um, certainly my, my route went through the homebrew side and through that was the Beer Judge Certification Program, which has been around for over 30 years and has trained, oh gosh, I don't even know how many, I think it's well over 10,000, I don't know if we're quite to 20,000 people who have gone through the program. And we are now worldwide. And back when I started, there was a, 
three-hour exam, which was rather grueling. And having sat through a couple bar exams myself, um, the intensity and the nonstop writing are pretty similar. So they kept getting a lot of people who would not properly study for the written or not understand the depth that was going to be asked. And so they decided to change it in 2012, where you first go through an online exam, which is a true, false, multiple choice, which will test that you have a basic knowledge that if you pass that with a 60%, uh, percent, then you are qualified to sit for a tasting exam. And the tasting exam in 2012 was changed to judging six beers in 90 minutes. So roughly 15 minutes of beer to be similar to a competition pace. And you do not use guidelines during, during this, although in a comp you can. However, if you're in a busy competition, you don't have time to sit there and pour over the guidelines. So what they wanted to do when they revamped the program was to train or um, test people who could actually judge beer rather than focus more on the academic portion of what do you know about the styles, the style history, how the water of various regions of the world um, led to certain styles being more common there. Um, those things are important, but more at higher levels, which is why um, now to go to national or above, then you take the written portion. So the changes in that were to focus on becoming uh, judges and that's how we run the program now. So let's say you wanna become a judge, you can study on your own. You may have a local homebrew club or uh, there are a few people around the country who will for a fee, run a class that pays for the beers and stuff that you um, sample during that and then may um, have some supplies that they have to cover. But um, honestly, I think a small study group with friends is probably the most effective in uh, camaraderie building. So you'll learn, learn your way through styles, uh, off flavors, and the BJCP will uh, subsidize a $100 kit. Um, well, they have a $100 kit for BJCP judges, but for a study class, one can be purchased for $50. Takes a little bit to get them, so you want to plan in advance where you can learn to evaluate those off flavors. And certainly, if you have friends who are making homebrew, or let's say you have a local brewery that has a diacetyl problem, those can be good samples to get for study groups uh, so that people can learn how they perceive those things. So once you've uh, prepared for it and you take the uh, um, tasting exam, sometimes called tasting, sometimes called judging exam, where we evaluate that, that exam will be sent in uh, by the administrator to the exam director who will then send it out to graders. These graders are BJCP national or above judges. Two of them will evaluate that exam set. Then they will uh, come to a consensus on what they think each one should receive. Those will be sent to the assistant exam director and uh, they will evaluate how the graders did, what they thought, and make any recommendations based on deficiencies they see in the person's exam, and then send that on to the exam director who will make the, the final termination. So four different experienced judges evaluate that to see what kind of ranking or score that person should receive. Once you pass that, you're a judge. Um, if you uh, pass the exam with a 60 or higher, and you've never judged, you're a recognized judge. Um, if you pass the exam with the 70 or higher, once you achieve five points, half of which must come from judging, the other half can be from uh, continuing education points, uh, then you become a certified judge. 
if you had passed that with an 80 and you have 10 judging points, you could qualify to sit for the written exam. And then you better study your butt off for that because it's um, a 90 minute exam with five questions. And one thing that a lot of people don't realize nowadays, how little we write longhand. And at this point in time, that is a handwritten exam unless you have a disability that um, you can get an exemption for that will allow you to type it. It is handwritten, so be practicing. And if you pass that and get a average score between your written and tasting of 80 or above, and you have at least 20 points, half of which would come from judging, which we know you had those 10 to take that, then you could become a national judge. And master is similar, but it's um, a total score of 90 and 40 points half from judging. So it's all, yeah, so it's experience it's all, slash not, yeah, knowledge. Right. But. And then the level I'm at, to go to grandmaster, it's it's just doing stuff. Yeah. So for each grandmaster level, you have to grade at least 50 exams. You have to have 100 points, half of which are judging. And then you also have to do actual service to the organization through grading, giving exams, administering exams, proctoring, being on a committee, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then at that level, though, you can, that's why you get to judge commercial competitions. So there is a way. I like that BJCP is a great entryway. I mean, it's a lot of work, obviously, and you put that in. But if for, pe for people who want to judge commercial competitions, it's a great way to enter, albeit, it, you know. It, it's a very good, although if you work for a brewery and you have sensory training, you also can get into commercial yep. competitions that way as well. So there's a lot of different uh, routes into commercial competitions. Um, and homebrew competitions often have um, Cicerones. Sometimes they just have inexperienced people judging because they don't have enough people. I'm, I run a large competition in Indiana called the Indiana Brewers Cup, which is both homebrew and commercial. And our, we have a 1500 uh, entry cap. And I prefer to use BJCP judges as close to 100% as I can. I do use commercial brewers with judging experience. And I'm really fortunate that I have a bunch in my state who are also BJCP judges. And so uh, I really, I like those guys a lot. And I encourage all of my commercial brewers to become BJCP judges because I think it does give you some insights into the judging process and it may help you um, understand why you're getting evaluations such as you are on some of your beers. Agree, 100%. Yeah, I'm a BJCP judge. Don's a BJCP judge. Yep. So it's a great organization. So. And it, and it's all volunteer. Uh, I think that's, that's what people like. Everything that that you just said out, Sandy, is done by volunteers, which I just think is amazing. Yeah, we we have no paid staff. Um, you know, the Cicerone program can often have faster throughput on things. Well, they have paid staff, and we do not. Um, it's, it can get a little slowed down at times because volunteers have lives, and crap happens and COVID happens and all that stuff, but um, we do the best we can. And um, it's for the love of beer. It, it, it for is the for love the love of beer. Yes. Awesome. And meat and cider. Oh, and <laughs> meat and cider. Don't forget. Yeah. I've judged mead at, uh, I've been doing BJCP mead judging. So yes. And meat and cider. Don't forget. So uh, well, Sandy, thank you so much. Don, did you have anything else to ask? Sandy? I did not. Thank you, Sandy. That was yeah. That was thank great. you so much for joining us today. I, I, I forget how, like the BJCP program is so vital to the judging process in terms of both homebrewing and commercial, and we're very thankful for your beer service. Well, it it is a training ground, and it, and I think it it adds a lot of layers. And if if it went poof tomorrow. 
I think um, we'd have a big deficit in the judging community as a whole. Agree, agree. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, Sandy. Have a great day. Cheers. After the break, we will continue our conversation with our second guest, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hi, this is John Hall, the editor of All About Beer, inviting you to check out the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast. It's available on all of the major platforms, and the weekly show features long-form conversations with brewers, growers, and personalities from the beer industry. New episodes release every Wednesday. Just search Drink Beer, Think Beer. Mitch Steele is a well-known veteran of the brewing industry with stints at Anheuser-Busch, Stone Brewing, and currently New Realm Brewing. He has a degree in fermentation science from UC Davis and is respected for his combination of brewing knowledge and passionate support for the brewing industry. Despite being one of the best in the business, he is always seeking to hone his skills, including through judging local and national beer competitions. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Thank you. It's great to be here. I want to, since you're a brewer and you've been brewing for a quite not not a very I always said a very long time that makes me sound like that you're like ancient <laughs> I don't mean it that way I don't mean it that way at all um how like how did you get into judging was it something that they like when you were when you're brewing they asked you or did you want to or anything like that how did how did judging start for you yeah um I was I was in Anheuser-Busch at the time and Anheuser-Busch had one person who ran all the sensory training for the company and he was on the judging panel and he was retiring and he recommended me to take his place on the panel and that's how I got on it was that was back in 2000 maybe Oh wow so you've been doing this for now, again, I want to make it sound like really long uh, I'm I'm old. I don't mind saying it. No, you know? I didn't say I, mean, that. I, have, I know. I'll say it. Right. I I was I've been in the business for over well 35 years or so. So, so but you've been so you've been judging. I saw you at the Great American Beer Festival. When, how many times have you judged that competition? Um, I don't judge it every year. Probably in 22 years, probably 14 or 15 times. It's still, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's, that's a lot. Um, and why do you keep, like GABF is a great competition. Well, I mean, 14 times you must enjoy it. So why do, why do you keep coming back? Well, I, I think one of the big draws for me is just seeing everybody that I know in the business and, and having a chance to catch up with people. Um, the judging process itself is is really gratifying. I, I, you know, I still think it's quite an honor to be asked to do it. It's a big responsibility. And, you know, I learn a little bit about beer styles I've never brewed before and, and um, you know, get to chat about beer with people that are like minded. It's, you know, it's just three days. It's hard, but it's um it's quite enjoyable it is yeah it's really hard like do you, you ever get inspired yeah. like you you mentioned that sometimes you judge styles that you haven't brewed before do you ever judge that and go well i want to make one of these yes okay. <laughs> i have I, I i don't know if i can come up with a specific one because it's happened several times but yeah it's it's you know sometimes i'll taste a style that i'm not that familiar with and say wow this is pretty neat and these are all great beers and Maybe we should do something like this sometime. Yeah, I mean, that's the, I find when I have a really good beer when you judge. And Don, Don just judged recently. You just judged the Canada Beer Cup, correct? The inaugural. Uh, yeah, oh, inaug the inaugural. Wow. I can't speak right now. Inaugural Canada <laughs> Beer Cup. Nice. There's yeah. there's nothing better than judging is, you know, it's a lot of like looking through the weeds where you're like, you have a lot of bad beer and it happens. Uh, but then when you have that good beer, it's so... There's nothing like it. Yeah, it, there is nothing like it. And, you know, if you know what the brewer was trying to do, even if it was this really odd beer, but they absolutely nailed what they described in the in their entry, um, you got to appreciate that. Right. And, and it's like, well, I, you know, I don't know if I could ever drink this, but they certainly nailed what they were trying to do. And that's that's always fun. Do, do you think then as a as a professional brewer? And a successful one at that. Do you are you harder on beers or are you more forgiving because you understand how difficult it is? Like, how are you different as a judge? I guess as a commercial brewer. Um, I think I I have less tolerance for for off flavors, standard off flavors. You know, um, 
things that any any good brewer should be able to avoid and and not enter a competition with a beer that has something like diacetyl or acetaldehyde. Mm-hmm. But other than that, if it's a balance issue or you know those kind of things, I tend to be a little bit more forgiving and and look at the drinkability of the beer. You know, is is am I going to be able to have a full pint of this, or is it is it too harsh, or is it you know, just not representative of the style. And I think, you know, representing the style is a huge part of judging, you know, you, you get very detailed style guidelines and, and you fall out of that or you enter your beer in the wrong category. You know, those, those are pretty much instant, uh, disqualifications. That's always make me so sad when right? you have a, when you have a really good beer and it's not to spec, or, you know, they've, it's entered in the wrong category and you are just like, man, if you just read or yeah. I don't, you know, like, I don't know who did it. You know, it could be, it could be anyone in the company that, that put it in that way. Um, but it's always a bummer when something gets miscategorized or, or when you have, I mean, bad beer as well. Always. Yeah. Is, it's a real bummer. It's, it happens much less frequently than it used to, you know, when oh, I first that started. Was my next, that was my next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, uh, by and large, the, the quality of the beers that come across our tables, even in the very first rounds, are, are head and shoulders above what they used to be years ago. And, and, and I think that's a wonderful thing. But, you know, it's, uh, it makes it harder, that's for sure. Um, on the other side, then, when you're receiving um, your feedback from a competition that you've entered that you didn't judge, how, as a brewer, how do you receive that? Like, do you, are you open to it? Or do you think, well, that judge is obviously an idiot or. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, there's a little bit of both sometimes, you know, as you read through the comments, um, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, if the comments don't match up, you've got two or three people judging and one person loved the beer and some, the other one didn't, that's kind of hard to deal with. But I will tell you the two beers that we got medals for in this competition, we had entered last year and didn't get medals for. And the recommendation from the judges was that we entered them in the wrong category. They should have been entered in another category. And so I, I took that to heart and we, we figured out the right category for them and, and we won two gold medals. So I feel really good about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it dawned on me after the awards were announced. I said, Oh, these are two beers that I changed categories on. That's great. <laughs> so judging, yeah. And so judging helped you be like a, like helped you be a better brewer, like a better like brewing company almost. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, th- I think so. I, you know, and I think, uh, you know, the way I look at those comments, if we get passed on from the first round, um, you know, if our beer makes the cut is one of the top three beers in that first round flight, then I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm like, okay, we had a solid beer here. Cause I know how good they are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and you have, if you have to go through two or three more rounds, it's, it just makes it incredibly competitive. But, you know, if we don't get kicked out in the first round, I feel, I feel all right with the entry. That's awesome. And, and, uh, so in this case, you changed the category that you've entered, but like, would you ever actually change a recipe? Um, it depends. Um, uh, you know, it's, you know, if, if it's a brand that we're in distribution with, we wouldn't, right. uh, because, you know, th- those kind of things are, uh, you know, you don't want to change the flavor profile when you've got an established brand, but, you know, for some of the one-offs that we sent, sure. I'd take those comments and look at them constructively. And, um, you know, if the beer is too bitter or if it's not bitter enough or the hop characters out of whack or whatever, you know, whatever the comment is, I, I'll pay attention to that. And if we brew that beer again, we might we might try to rectify that. Interesting. Do you guys play the percentages when you enter? A lot of breweries will go, <laughs> oh, uh, there are only 25 Doppelbox this year. Let's enter a Doppelbox. So we win them. Or you, you're just brewing to brew, I'm I'm assuming. But I've seen a lot of breweries do that yeah i haven't had well we've done it um (laughs) you know and and the thing is everybody's doing it so (laughs) you know i remember when german pilsner one year had 40 entries and i'm like you know we had a german pilsner so i said i'm definitely entering the pilsner and and then the next year there were you know well over 100 entries in that category so people (laughs) people are, are catching on to that whole thing so i don't um I don't do it a lot. It's never turned into a medal for us, you know, mm. 
going down that road, you know, like, you know, brewing, you know, a style that's not entered very heavily just because we have a better chance of winning a medal. That's never worked out for me. Um, usually the beers that win medals are beers that we brew a lot of and, and have dialed in the consistency and the flavor. Um, you obviously were a longtime brewer at Stone mm -hmm. uh, on the West Coast, and now you're on the East Coast. Uh, I do think that there are, uh, at the consumer level, I do think that there are regional preferences. So does the fact that you've lived kind of across, lit, you know, literally across America, has that changed the way you think about beer and judge beer or even make beer? Uh, it's definitely changed the way we make beer. Um, you know, we, you know, I came from a brewery that was all about West Coast IPAs and big assertive flavors. And uh, we do a little bit better with beers that aren't 70, 80 IBUs in Atlanta. Uh, you know, 50 IBUs is okay. But, you know, once you start getting into that 70 range, it's a little too bitter for a lot of people. Um, you know, and, and then I think the big thing is the variety of beers that we can brew is much more varied than it was in San Diego. And San Diego, you know, by the time I left Stone, you know, it either had to be an IPA or an Imperial Stout and, it, you know, anything else nobody was interested in. And, you know, here at, at, at New Realm, you know, there's a lot of, I've really fine-tuned my lager brewing skills. Um, not that I, you know, I, I brewed a lot of lagers in Anheuser-Busch, but I never brewed really traditional Pilsners, Munich Dunkels, things like that. Uh, and, and certainly we have a, an outlet for those beers in the Southeast. People love them. So that, that's been fun. What's the most popular beer that New Realm makes? I mean, uh, it, yeah, it's called Hazy Like a Fox. It's a hazy IPA. I bet it's really good. I've had, yeah, I've had the Pilsner. That's the only beer I've had of yours, and it was oh. it was excellent. It was at Ludacris's Chicken and Beer Restaurant at the air, at the Atlanta airport. Oh, uh, right, and it was right. Very, very good. <laughs> That's the one place we're on in the Atlanta airport. We also serve our Munich Dunkel there. Uh, oh. Usually, I don't know if it's still on now. With, I will be at the everything. Atlanta at the Atlanta airport in a week. So okay, <laughs> well, I know where the... I am going. <laughs> um, I also wanted to ask because you wrote you wrote the book IPA mm -hmm. um, and therefore, and you dispelled a bunch of myths in the book. Um, so, you know, you know, not more than 99% of consumers and even professional brewers about IPA when you're judging, if you ever judge IPA as a category, do you, do you judge it to what the market expects or do you judge it to what you know is really true? You know, honestly, I judge it to the guidelines that they give us. Oh, okay, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really the 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 big thing. And, they, you know, when you're going through orientation for judging, they're very clear about, hey, you know, if, if you don't agree with the guidelines, you can submit some, some feedback after the competition. But when you're judging, follow the guidelines. And so that's been my big... Uh, my big uh, focus, you know, and I think every judge is is doing it the same way, and that helps ensure consistency. But I don't, I don't get to judge IPAs at all because I'm always, I'm always You're entered always in, in every it, right? IPA <laughs> category. But I, you know, I remember when double double IPAs first came on the scene, and I judged those. That was when I was with Anheuser Busch. I judged those every year just because I wanted to learn about them. Oh, and and I, I did want to ask why you judge as well, and and. And you just answered it because you, even though you're a industry veteran, you still keep learning. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the best parts about going through this process of judging. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great way to learn about like, because you want to learn every day, but then you have, you know, I live in New England where we don't have fresh hop beers and I judged the fresh hop category this year, Neat. Uh, round one. And it was, oh, it was some of the best freshest most delicious beers it was my best flight by far and it was just wow this is what it's supposed to be like yeah. you know we don't have that in new england right and it's really really fun to be able to try beers and then the people you get to judge with you know you learn vocabulary you learn uh mannerisms you learn oh wait oh you're right this is you know like if i judge with you mitch i would lean on your brewing skills because i'm not a brewer and, you know, hey, is this the, the spark temp too high? Is that why it's astringent? And then, you know, you would know that. Yeah. Um, and that's fun. That's that's the fun part about judging is the different people that get to judge. 
I remember uh, judging a final round of Vienna lagers at the World Beer Cup, and one of the judges was from Vienna, oh. <laughs> and it was it was it was amazing. You know, it was just you know we definitely leaned on him, and uh, you know that was that was a very cool part of the experience for sure. Oh, that's that's awesome. happened to me with uh, Australian pale ales. I judged with a couple Australians in the metal nice. round. And I was like, <laughs> what are we looking for? And the guy, I'm not going to do an Australian accent, but the guy was like, imagine you've been surfing all day and you leave the beach. What is the beer you want to grab? And that's how we judged it. And mm, it was really cool. cool. It was really cool <laughs> to get that kind of feedback. Cause like, I don't, you know, like I had never been to Australia um until the following year so i you know i didn't know what to look for and it was really great to have that kind of guidance yeah it it really does help yes what was the for judging this year so you judge gabf and you judge world beer cup do you judge any other competitions uh i have i haven't in a long time uh i was looking at going to columbia um this summer this past summer and i ended up not being able to make the trip um you know i do a lot of local judging Though there's there's some events in Atlanta where you know they have competitions and I'll I'll volunteer to judge those just mm. because it's easy to get get the time and get there. Um, but yeah, I you know now that you know it, assuming we're kind of past COVID, I hope I get to do some of the international judging. I've gotten a lot of invitations and have had to decline them. Great. What's your favorite competition to judge? World Beer Cup. Yeah. For sure. Just because the judges, I mean, you've got world-class brewers from all over the world sitting at your judging table. It's, it's an amazing experience. Right. Yeah. Cause it's majority uh, international judges. Yeah. So it kind of changes. They're used to different beers that, you know, they brew it a different way than we would, or mm -hmm. they've had different styles and we've had, so it's uh, I have never judged world beer cup, but I hear it's a very unique and really cool experience. So yeah, yeah, you really have some great conversations at the judging tables. It's it's really really kind of neat, you know. It, I mean, judging English pale ales with John Keeling from Fuller's, you oh. know. I mean, that's like <laughs> it's like okay, John, I'm going to pick your brain, you know. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah. Well, thanks thank for you. yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it. It, it was fun talking with you. So, Don, now I want to judge more competitions. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it is, we, were, we were saying uh, at the beginning of the show, it is a lot of hard work. It is a lot of fun. And uh, it's kind of good to hear, uh, be reminded of it, I guess, um, by our two guests, how, how much fun it is. It is fun. It's a lot of work. I, I, I really enjoy doing them. I'm, I'm actually on my way to judge two composition, competitions, rather. Uh, one in Brazil, and then I'm going to uh, to Belgium to judge a competition. And I really think that, I mean, oh gosh, um, they're just so much fun. It's a yeah. lot of fun. I just, I, I can't like fun, fun, fun. <laughs> I, I also think that um, because, you know, obviously we get into beer judging and we do what we do because we love beer. And one thing that I think is, uh, when I judge competitions, I become a better beer taster. And so even when I'm at home having a beer in front of the TV, I feel like having judged beer makes makes me enjoy that beer better, if that makes sense. Yeah, especially a good beer. You recognize a good beer when you judge. Like I judge Kolsch's at GABF. And there's like a je ne sais quoi when it comes to culture. You know yes. when you have it's one. It's all je ne sais quoi. And you're like, <laughs> and then you have the beer and you're like, this one, I don't know what this is. I don't know who made it, but this is a Kolsch and I can yeah. taste it. I know it. And you, you have a deeper understanding and love of beer yeah. by judging beer. So M, uh, for our listeners uh, who maybe have never judged a competition, what, what words of advice would you give to, to, to start? I would say uh, reach out to your local homebrew club, uh, the BJCP website, just Google BJCP. Uh, has really good information about competitions in your area. And if you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a judge. I'm not, go and steward, yeah. go and ask to volunteer stewarding. You'll bring the beers out. A lot of homebrew judges, when I judge homebrew competitions, I always ask for the steward's opinion. Uh, they'll let you try the beers. They'll give you advice. Uh, it's a really great way to help your local homebrew club, but also uh, get into that realm of judging if you are interested. 
Yeah. And uh, on, you know, when you are stewarding, I would say um, it's actually uh, very educational because you actually get the, the, the judges judge blind, of course, but the stewards can see what's, what's being poured. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they can, uh, there's usually a little bit of beer left over, even after serving the judges. So you can kind of uh, taste the beer and then either talk to a judge. I mean, obviously you don't want to, when the judges are finished judging, I should clarify that, then you can uh, talk, talk to the judge, um, maybe get their thoughts on it, or uh, you can actually look at their score sheet. So you could even, you know, learn from the judges uh, secretively, I guess, if you want. When, yeah. When I judge JBF and we have a really good beer, I always tell the story because it's num- like six numbers or something. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, number like 175228, like open that bottle because they usually send more. Or if, right. there's, if it's a try that, that was really good. Or, and, or conversely, like if, if, yeah. if, uh, if you don't know what diacetyl tastes like, uh, you know, the judge can tell you, oh, taste ABCD beer. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's strong diastol. Um, yeah. It's a really great way to learn and like just eavesdrop and be like, oh, yeah. oh, you're right that. Oh, like, what about this? Um, I had some really great conversations with our stewards at JBF. I mean, granted, most of them work in the beer industry, um, but they're all volunteers and, you know, they want to talk about beer as much as you want to talk about beer. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. In fact, that's the most fun part of judging is, I think, the camaraderie and and uh, talking to other people who are who are equally passionate. So agree, agree. get judging. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> M, how can people um, reach you? So I am uh, at Pints and Panels across all social media platforms, and then www.pintsandpanels.com. And what about you, Don? I am at the Dawn of Beer and I'm at thedawnofbeer.com. So uh, please visit allaboutbeer.com and follow us on social media at allaboutbeer. Also visit patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to support this show and others. And before we go, uh, final word from our sponsors. Hi, this is John Hall, the editor of All About Beer, inviting you to check out the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast. It's available on all of the major platforms, and the weekly show features long-form conversations with brewers, growers, and personalities from the beer industry. New episodes release every Wednesday. Just search Drink Beer, Think Beer. This show is produced by All About Beer. Visit allaboutbeer.com for articles, notes on this show, and others, and to connect via the newsletter and social media. Keep drinking great beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.